Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Hello, Rush Nation, and welcome to the Five Yard Dynasty podcast. I am your host, as usual, Liam, or at the FSA Tweets on Twitter. And today I am joined by Lewis, one of our Five Yard Rush writers. He is also one of the hosts for the Five Yard Fast Action Friday podcast. That's a tongue twister when you try and say it quickly. Um, mm-hmm. Lewis at L Venez One, how are you doing, my friend? It's been a long time uh, coming getting you on this show. Yeah, I'm doing all right. Um, happy to join you this evening. Uh, yeah, it's always it's always one of the shows I've uh, really looked forward to, the Dynasty one. And um, yeah, it's great to be on. It's great to have you, mate. So, um, listeners. Today, what we're going to be doing is we've been going through the 2022 end of season review. We've done quarterbacks through to tight ends. Today, we're going to be looking at purely the 2022 rookies. Um, There's no dancing around this. We've got all four uh, positions to go through in this show, so there's going to be a lot packed in. Um, Before we get into that, Lewis... Um, we do a guest interview at the start of every show with every guest. So how long have you been playing football so the uh, listeners can get to know you a little bit more? So this was my third season that's just finished. Third season. So uh, not not someone that's been playing for a long time. Normally I ask that question and we, we get, oh, I've been playing for 20 years. I had to mail my list in and all this. But no, they, uh, it's refreshing to have someone quite new. I know I had Nathan a few weeks ago on as well, uh, who's been playing for a, a similar amount of time as both myself and you. Um, so how did you get into 
producing content, Lewis, because you're you're one of the five yard writers. You're also on the uh, Fast Action Friday podcast for us. So, how did you get into doing all of that, and do you enjoy it? Is the the big question. Yeah, I mean, I, I absolutely love it. But just going back to how long I've been playing as well, it's like um, it all started in lockdown, which I think yeah. there's a lot of new fantasy players that was fans of the NFL. And um, I've seen a thing on Twitter, I think I was quite new to Twitter at the time, that Murph posted about a mock draft. And then I jumped yeah. in that. It's all his fault, basically, Murph's fault. It's all that, his um, fault. <laughs> yeah, that I'm... Um, um, I'll play this game and, you know, but no. And then ended up joining uh, Dynasty League with him. There was a, a space in a startup, so I joined that. And then here we are now. But it, it was in uh, last, that's it. last off-season when um, Five Yard Rush were looking for writers. And I, I answered the call, basically. I was like, yeah, I'd, I'd love to get into it. And uh, I, I had a few pieces on, like, a Google document that I'd been writing um, specifically about Dynasty because it was quite early in the off-season and I sent them to Rich and someone else, can't remember now. And they were like, yeah, like, you know, a bit of fine-tuning and whatever, just give it a go. And I got put in touch with Rob, kind of knew Rob anyway from being in that Dynasty League, that first one I um, joined and here we are now. Uh, it, it's a pleasure to have you in the Five Yard family, mate. It, it's all for the better, but... Um, as I said, we've got a lot to get into. So um, before we dive into that, two quick notes. The first one, Tom Brady retires. I cannot go through uh, the show without mentioning it. It happened just after, I think it was actually the day after um, last show, last week's show. So um, Tom Brady after 20, I can't even, I can't even think. 23. 23, 24, yeah, 23 years as Lewis corrected me on um 23 years of playing that's that's a long long time about the same time as I've been alive so sorry for making you feel old if you are listening and (laughs) (laughs) you're not the same age as me but um yeah quite an interesting experience considering that he was dominant for so long as well as what what do we do now there's not there's no longer a, a top free agent quarterback you've got Aaron Rodgers who's potentially being traded we have no idea there's still news coming out today that he doesn't know what he's going to be doing um next season and the the next guy down is what Derek Carr who is nowhere near on the same level as these two so it's going to be an interesting off season with so many quarterbacks needed by the um by the teams across the league so um, one last thing before we dive in. The end of last week's show, I gave you a brain teaser. And Lewis, I'm going to bring you in, see if you can answer it before I do pass it over to um, well, give you the answer. So last week's show was about the tight ends and the review. The brain teaser was in wide receiver rankings, where would Travis Kelsey rank? if he was classed as such a wide receiver. Um, we'll do points per game and season long. So you've got the you've got two chances to be right, basically, and only week one to 17, because that's always what we use. Um, so, Lewis, do you have any ideas of where he could be ranked as a wide receiver last year? No, I was looking at this, actually, because uh, I'm in one group chat, there's a couple of us, and we get into some heated discussions, and it was not <laughs> long ago. I think it was just after week 17, actually. So end of season, not points per game. I think he would have been wide receiver five. 
So he would have been wide receiver four in overall. Yeah, so you you were very close. Um, In points per game, he was actually the wide receiver five. So maybe it was points per game I was looking at. (laughs) So either way, you were very close. I know that um, Nathan got um, one of them bang on. So I can't remember which one off the top of my head, but yeah, that's quite insane that. tight end is putting up that many points and then mm. there's no one else to rival that whatsoever um anyway lewis let's dive in that's enough chatting about uh, random stuff let's get into the rookie review so we'll start off with qbs as i've done on this um series i'm going to quickly whiz through the order in which they're currently being drafted at um which i think is quite interesting to see considering how everyone knew what they were being drafted last year so you've got Kenny Pickett at QB1 Brock Purdy QB2 Bailey Zappi QB3 Desmond Ridder QB4 Malik Willis QB5 Skylar Thompson QB6 Matt Corral um, QB7 and Sam Howell QB8 now last year um, some of those names at the bottom were higher up and Brock Purdy Bailey Zappi probably weren't even being drafted. It's quite um, interesting to see what what a complete flip around this has been. But is there anyone that you wanted to touch on there, Lewis, before um, I dive in with some some notes that I've made? I mean, I'd quite like to go right to the bottom of that list with Sam Howe, to be honest, because I was so high on him when he was coming out. And I know he didn't have his best uh, senior season, but he lost his two main weapons with the Army Brown and the other name eludes me now. Some of his O-line, they were gone in the draft as well from the year before when he was absolutely superb. And obviously his draft stock plummeted. It's a natural thing to happen. It does happen. But to drop as far as he did surprised me for, for the first start. But then we didn't get to see him until week 18. And we don't count week 18, obviously, but it would have been just yeah. under 20 points what he scored. He's got that scrambling ability to make plays or extend plays. And I I really think if they wasn't on that role under Taylor Heineke, he could have got in sooner. Um, Obviously, Carson Wentz, I thought it was a winnable job for him there. But they did get on that role and sort of pushing for a playoff spot. And he, he should be the start next season, in my opinion. That's a that's a spicy take considering he only played one game and he was a, mm. a fifth round rookie. Um, Pre draft, I was extremely excited by Sam Howell. Uh, my, myself and the old co host Rich were massively opposed on this. He, I had him as my QB three, I think mm. it was yeah QB three going in, and um, Rich basically was not having any of it and Rich ended up being right in terms of draft capital and how the rookie seasons played out but that 19 points in week 18 gives me a bit of hope for him don't think that he should be the last on this list um, No, I mean guys like Skylar Thompson I mean Matt Corral's still going ahead of him and Matt Corral didn't play or score a single point um, Skylar Thompson didn't really show anything for me whatsoever um, I think that he's just going to be relegated to a career backup, um, which is better than what he was this season, where he he was um, the the, th- the third QB on the Dolphins there. But I don't see much for him. Um, a guy that was being touted to be going QB1 pre-draft was Malik Willis. And everyone was really high. 
um, high on him specifically. And it didn't turn out that way. As we now know, Kenny Pickett was the only one to get first round capital and the rest went in the third round or lower. So um, for me, I think Tannehill needs to be moved on from for Willis to have any sort of value. I think if, if if you think that's going to happen, go buy some Willis. But if not, don't don't bother. Um, I don't think they're going to move on from Tannehill just because that there's nothing for them to move on to. Willis hasn't shown enough for them to move on. Um, and I don't know how you feel about that, Lewis, but it just doesn't feel like a mover a GM would make, especially a new GM that's just come in. No, absolutely not. And if if you just look purely at his three NFL games where he played 100% of the snaps, right? Week eight and week nine, they ran the ball so much. I think he it was 16 pass attempts in week nine and even less than that, maybe 10, maybe nine pass attempts in week eight, his first start. But you had Derek Henry rushing the ball 30-odd times. And then week 16 was the only other look that we got at him properly and even with him throwing the ball more and things like that, he ended up benched two interceptions that game. So obviously he fell down the NFL draft. So it's hard to gauge with such little usage this season, what we can get from him in the future, but it doesn't look good. No, and another guy that um, didn't really show enough was Desmond Ritter. Now, I think this one was a tough one because I predicted, um, rightly predicted, that uh, by by um, by the um, Falcons' bye week in Week 14, that he would end up being named the starter, and he would actually get three games um, to to kind of prove himself, and that's exactly what they did. I hoped it would be earlier, but um, it didn't. And I wanted to bring this up. And Lewis is smiling. Yes, I was waiting for it. (laughs) He knows exactly what I'm going to say. The only reason I brought him up is um, at the UKFFC last year, Lewis told me in a um, rookie draft that uh, we're in the middle of to pick Desmond Ridder because he promises, and I quote, he promises that Desmond Ridder will become uh, the starting QB by, was it week six or week eight? One of the two. By week six, yeah. By week six. And it didn't happen until week um, 15 would have been the first yeah. starting game. So that aside, I've... now now that I've roasted a bit of Lewis, um, I, he didn't show enough, but I also don't think he had enough time. Um, where do you see Ridder's future going right now? Because as I said, he now... just don't think he showed enough. Yeah, he never. But I thought he would get the job a lot sooner, obviously, I said by week six. And if it wasn't for the Falcons winning in such a poor division where they thought they could take it down, I think he would have still got in a lot sooner, possibly by week six. But, you know, he didn't throw a touchdown until week 18. Obviously, we don't count that. It's no good to us. There's a strong chance Atlanta could move on. But he was quite quite raw coming out, and I'd like to see him get a, a, a fair crack at it. To be to be honest, but I, I do believe they could move on, whether it's a vet or you know. But yeah, I, I see the same. Um, I think, as you said, they got sucked into the playoff race, being in such a poor division and mm-hmm. winning a good amount of games to get within a shot of having 
having some sort of playoff aspirations. I think that's what really hindered him and therefore his career is going to be maybe a backup role with the chance mm-hmm. of showing himself kind of like a Gino, um, maybe showing himself to become something or being something like a Chase Daniel that is just a, a career backup. Um, I just I feel for the kid because I, I really liked him coming out as well. Um, I'm going to pick on Brock Purdy as the last quarterback before we dive into the running backs and wide receivers. So many to talk about. Um, Brock Purdy, I mean, he had completely blown the expectations out of the water because the expectations were nothing. Um, he was selected as Mr. Irrelevant, the, the last pick in the draft. There was no um, no real expectations, as I said. He was the QB3 on the team behind um, a guy that the San Francisco 49ers traded up their complete future for in Trey Lance. And then they also brought back their, or I say brought back, they also kept um, Jimmy G on their um, on their roster as the, the veteran QB2 um, behind Lance. And somehow both of them got injured and Purdy ended up starting not just one game, but a, a good portion of the season. What I wanted to talk about with Purdy is he was just behind Kenny Pickett in terms of points per game um, across the whole season, which was uh, QB 35. And that's minimum four games as as you usually do. But when you think about what Purdy actually did, because he played in three games where he didn't, in two of them, he didn't even throw a pass. He was just in to hand the ball off. Um, and in one of them, he threw like nine passes for four receptions or something like that. So, so not a lot. I think he played a combined amount of 26% snaps in three games, which isn't a lot whatsoever. But when you take the week 13 up to week 18 games where Purdy became the starter and was really good um, or became the focal point of that offense, he scored 18 points per game just over. And that's equal to QB 14 if you stretch that out across the whole year. I mean, playing a bit with the numbers there. But QB 14 across that, he, he was higher than that in terms of during that stretch. But if you take that points per game, put it against the whole year, that's an incredible stretch for a guy that didn't have any expectations. Concerns for the future, Lewis? Um, Trey Lance is still there. Jimmy G's gone, but Trey Lance is there, and no one knows who's going to be starting. No, and he's going to miss. Well, he hasn't even had surgery yet, has he? But he's going to miss six months exactly. after surgery at a minimum. Um, some people longer. I've seen I've, when I've looked into it because I'm fascinated by some of the um, sort of injury stuff, and some players have missed nine months with the same injury after surgery and. But he, he looked the real deal over them games he was starting. I know it's a QB-friendly system in San Francisco, but he was still getting it done. He would have been the QB one out of the rookies in points per game by a country mile, by nearly six points. And I, I just really hope that um, he gets another chance. And he's definitely worth a stash in the Dynasty League anyway. Whether it be in San Francisco or somewhere else, I really hope he does get another chance because he, he deserves one. Yeah, I think I really struggle with Purdy because no one knows what they're going to do with Lance. They traded two firsts to go and move up to pick Lance and 
he's been injured and hasn't played the game for many years now. I think it's verging on three. Um, but then you've also got Purdy. It's not a bad situation for San Francisco to be in. You've got two young, good quarterbacks that have both mm-hmm. run your offense well. But for fantasy purposes, it's a nightmare and, and no one really knows what's to, what to do there. Um, if you had to guess, Lewis, which side are you going on? Purdy or Lance to start the season? Uh, I'm going to go with Trey Lance because of the injury to Purdy. If yeah. he got it done and they made it to the Super Bowl, um, taking down that Eagles defense, then I would have said Purdy, 100%. I think I actually tweeted that before the game. But um, okay. yeah, I'm I'm going to go with Trey Lance. I think it's a, it was a lot of capital to give up, uh, draft capital to give up from them, and they they haven't really seen what they they could get out of him yet, have they either? No. So they're going to be they, wanting they, to give him another chance. Yeah, they've only seen Lance for five games, so yeah. I'm with you on that. Um, I think who ends the season is a much trickier question, and I'm not sure either of us are in a position or anyone is in no. a. Group position to answer that question so um Lewis let's have a look at the rookie running backs so um with this I'm going to split them into two so we're going to look at the top few and then the the rest is what I'm going to call them so um again how they're being drafted at the moment and that is in January ADP we've got Kenneth Walker um running back one Brees Hall, Damian Pierce as running back three, uh, Rashad White running back four, James Cook, Isaiah Pacheco, uh, Tyler Algier, and then Brian Robinson as running back. Uh, I've somehow lost count and there's only eight of them, right? Yeah, running back eight. So Brian Robinson running back eight rounds out the first lot that I wanted to talk about. Um We'll, we'll throw it straight over to you, Lewis. Is there anyone that you wanted to speak about in this list that someone draws to you? See, I really like the bottom of the list again, but I, I'm going to um, go away from that a little bit, head to the middle with James Cook, because he had that fumble yeah. in week one and it kind of set the tone. But yeah. the flashes when he was allowed to was very quietly good. A lot of people don't realise how good he actually was this season because um, it was very in ifs and bits and whatever else because Singletary did handle most of the stuff but 5.7 yards per carry and he did have quite a few carries some of them weeks like double figures and he still weren't the lead back and Devin Singletary is now a free agent yeah so for me going forward James Cook could and and he is very very cheap at the moment I've been in a couple of startups um a best ball one and a normal dynasty. And you, I don't think you can go wrong in the later rounds sort of with James Cook. No. So James Cook, it's quite interesting to see um, that he's so far down this list. Um, as you said, that for that first touch being a fumble didn't help him whatsoever. And then um, the build auto trading for, um, for name Hines. I couldn't think of the yeah. first name there. Um, who is coincidentally the only other running back under contract on the um, Bills roster right now, um, as in going into the 23 season. So it's definitely quite interesting to to see 
this sort of situation. And he's, he's going as pick 98 in um, DLF ADP for January, which, if my quick math serves me well, is roughly round eight, round seven. Um, I mean, James Cook in round seven, I think that's a, that's a solid, uh, solid pick there. Um, I don't know what the running backs are going around um, around him, but James Cook with that wide open of a offense seems like a situation that I'd be buying up. What do you think you could trade to try and get him right now, Lewis? I I think if you were to trade like a mid second, that would probably work. A late second might even snap him up. I, I think someone will uh, snap your hand off for around a two hundred four. To be honest, around sort of. 204 mm. to 206 and uh, if I'd happily pay that because at very worst case they bring in Naheem Hines spent most of the time on special teams as we seen with yeah. him um, two returns that he took for a touchdown in that game but um, even if they bring in another vet or they draft someone the very worst case you're going to get James Cook from this year and some weeks that is flexible with a decent matchup yeah completely so agree. Send send a mid second because you know what you got. Yeah, I I don't foresee him being a world above Devin Singletary was. No, but I think that he's going to be a bit more efficient than Devin Singletary. We've seen that he can do it in a passing game, and as you said, that's worst case scenario. They bring someone in. I I I, I know that it's mock season heaven right now, where um, everyone loves to think. John Robinson, the, the top running back in the 23 class that is incoming, is just going to go to all these great landing spots. But realistically, you can only go to one landing spot out of 32 teams. And the Bills have proven that they don't really take running backs that highly. And yet they still took um, James Cook in the second round. Do we think that they're going to spend a first rounder on Bijan Robinson the following year? I don't think that's going to happen. And I don't think that Bijan Robinson's going to be there in the second for their picks. So they're going to have to trade up. Yeah. And I don't see either of those situations happening. So you're you're expecting someone lower down the line, which is just going to compete for James Cook at level, if not what, like lower draft capital and therefore potentially even worse, um, which gives James Cook a, a big chance. Um a guy that I wanted to talk about a little bit was we, we spoke about Brees Hall on a previous episode, so I'm not going to speak about him, but Kenneth Walker, the guy yeah. going above him right now. Um, yeah. He would be the running back too if Brees Hall was up for the whole year. I think that the ACL injury has, especially with how early it was, really pushed uh, Brees Hall out of the, the recency bias minds that do help with um, ADP because let's face it everyone everyone, regardless of what they think um, and how much they try and push it away will consider a bit of recency bias and Kenneth Walker profited from the Brees Hall injury and what I'm saying by that is in week 7 when Brees Hall went down Kenneth Walker was the RB3 and by Brees Hall going down and we, uh, as a dynasty community we're losing that amazing Brees Hall running back coming into the league, that amazing rookie. We kind of want to project that onto someone. And it just so happened Kenneth Walker had his second running back one game of the the year. 
which was running back three, I believe the other one was running back two the week before. So just the fact that he was on the up while Brees Hall went down kind of helped his stock. And he he did return to that top five running back um, stance on a week-to-week basis only once after that period. But I think Kenneth Walker is a solid running back too with that upside. I think that he's, he's a better David Montgomery in terms of he will give you solid production, but also have that that ceiling. I just don't foresee Kenneth Walker being a, a consistent approach at top 12, for, for example. Uh, I think Kenneth Walker could... Obviously, Brees, he would be fantastic either way whenever he gets back to his full speed. But he was only just getting going, wasn't he? And yeah. Kenneth Walker... He missed a few, um, a couple games, and he was on limited snaps for a couple games and things like that early on. And he came away with nine touchdowns, over a thousand yards as a rookie, with that um, missing a few games as well. And I, I, I think it, that is being very, very quiet as well. Like no one's really picking up on how good his rookie season actually was. And he's been, he was really efficient in the bell cow role. So obviously he had 4.6 yards per carry, but his before contact and after after contact were quite similar because um, he's elusive. And if he can't make you miss, he will run through you instead. Like he has it all. And I think, um, yeah, RB17 in points per game, I believe. And I only see it going one way. Yeah, I mean, he he... I think the issue with him right now is his current cost. Um, I mean, do we really think that... uh, I'm frantically trying to find it. He's running back two overall. Do we really think that he's going to be the running back two this time next year? I think that's my concern. I think we're trying to slide people into this top elite tier because we don't know who to put there. Similar to last season with DeAndre Swift and Najee Harris, we were hoping that they were going to step up and they didn't. Not saying that Kenneth Walker is going to reflect that, but I think we're kind of stuck with a running back situation until we get a fresh flock of running backs, which hopefully this 2023 class is, um, to replenish the younger running backs. We're stuck with either having to go with youth, which is Kenneth Walker, Brees Hall, and Javante Williams, guys like that, or we're having to go down the aged route, which is uh, Mix and Kamara, Henry, guys along those lines. And as I did on the running back um, recap show a few weeks ago, a lot of the top 12 running backs were um, over 25. There were three 25 and younger running backs going into the 2023 season. That was Brees Hall um, in points per game, this was. Brees Hall, Josh Jacobs, and Saquon Barkley, two of which are 25 years old, going into the 23 season. So I think that's where people are getting stuck, especially in in drafts right now. Two of which don't have a contract as well currently. Exactly, yeah. I think it's it's quite interesting, the running back position right now. It just shows you the changing landscape of running backs, not just in fantasy football, but in the NFL as well. And for fantasy football, it's an absolute nightmare. Um, yeah. The amount Hopefully. of teams that are now deploying a committee and 
we, we don't know from one week to the next who's going to be the guy that's scoring the points. Whereas you think yeah. with like Jacobs and Saquon Barkley and Kenneth Walker and that, they've they've got the backfield kind of to themselves. Austin Eckler, another one, because um, obviously Spiller didn't do nothing this year, did he? And no, like after a very um, impressive college resume and it was a nightmare landing spot for him behind one of the best running backs in the league and fantasy football. But um, it's a, it is, it's all changing and it's, it's hard to predict without knowing if they stay where they are or where they're going. And, but with Kenneth Walker, we know that he'll be in Seattle next year. Yeah. Yeah. That, that is probably why he's going running back to now. Mm. Um, I, I, as you said, the landscape across the running back, um, across all of the NFL is changing. And one of the guys that is going to feel that is Tyler Algier. I mean, we've got Cordero Patterson potentially being there at the um, at this time. Oh, sorry, let me start that again. Cordero Patterson is potentially going to be there in 2023. We don't know. Uh, what is going to happen? He is under contract. They also save money by cutting him. It has only two million, so it's not too much. But Patterson didn't look great in the role that he was in this year. So, do they cut ties with him, save that money, and go with Algier, who looked better in the role that they were trying to play? I think that's that is on the cards. I'm not saying it's going to happen because if anyone tells you what is going to happen with an NFL team. They're lying. They have no idea unless it's coming from the team themselves. Um, so that is an interesting situation to watch, especially with that quarterback. Again, we've already mentioned the Atlanta quarterback position with Dedman Ridder. I don't know what's going on there. So Algier could be leaned upon. Again, concern there is if they do cut um, cut our pass and do they bring in another running back in the draft? See, Tyler Algier was Kenneth Walker without the touchdowns. He went over 1,000 yards as well, 4.9 yeah. yards per carry. Run-heavy Falcons suit him because he's more of a bulldozer. So he won't make you miss as much, but he will literally run through you. Run through you. Yeah. And mm-hmm. his, his style is brilliant. I, I love it personally. But again, another one under the radar because 1,000 yards as a rookie is no mean feat. Exactly, yeah. He was completely off people's radar. Um, so the latter portion of the running backs, I'm going to go through these as are uh, being drafted right now in January ADP. But my only comment up to all of these is just, ugh, because there's nothing happening here. <laughs> and that's why I've grouped them as such. Um, Zamir White or Zeus, Hassan Haskins, Jerome Ford, uh, Tyrion Davis-Price, Kyron Williams, Keontae Ingram, Pierre uh, Strong Jr., Isaiah Spiller, who you mentioned earlier, Lewis, Snoop Connor, Ty Chandler, and Kevin Harris, all of which haven't done much at all. Some have shown bits here and there. Pierre, uh, Pierre Strong showed um, a, a good game. I believe it, I think it was just one game, maybe it was two. Ty Chandler had um, some good preseason action yeah. and then got injured during the season. Um, but all of these guys, I'm not sure what's going to happen. The only one that potentially has a, a bit more of a chance than the rest of having a bit more value this time next year is Zamir White. And I think that's because Josh Jacobs is going um, into free agency and they're pre- potentially getting rid of Josh Jacobs. I'd expect so. So the Raiders, 
then have no one at running back. And I think Zamir White could be their, their go-to, or he could be at least in a 50-50 situation with a drafted rookie. Yeah, the other one, like we were talking about the change in landscape, the other one I think could have some sort of role um, could be Kieran Williams as well. So if Akers is like the lead back, he's a pass catcher as well, Kieran Williams out of backfield. So it, it gives another dynamic for Sean McVay. And, you know, if he's he's staying, I believe, with the Rams and they're going to get staff healthy, they're going to get cup healthy and they, they could utilise him in some sort of way. He didn't show it us when he had the chance, unfortunately, but he, he could have some sort of impact there. Yeah, um, with that that tiny portion of running backs out of the way, because I, I don't want to speak about them anymore. I think <laughs> this is what you get from a rookie class is you'll get the, the ones that show something year one, and then the rest of them are probably not going to do much for the rest of the, their careers. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Let's move on to the wide receivers. So, again, I'm going to split them up because there are even more wide receivers than uh, running backs in this class. So, we'll start off with the the main five or six. So, Garrett Wilson, uh, Chris Olave, Drake London, Traylon Burks. Um, I've got George Pickens being drafted ahead of Jameson Williams right now. Uh, Christian Watson and Jahan Dotson. I know I said I'd start with a five or six, but I also didn't realise Jahan Dotson was so far down on the list. Yeah. Um, we'll start off with, with those guys because they were the ones that were solidly in the first round um, of drafts last year or were hovering at least at the 201, 202 at maximum or at, at latest um, stage. So, Lewis, let's dive in. Who do you want to go for? Yeah, this ain't particularly because I think it's going to be straight away year two success story, but I'm going to go with Traylon Burks. Obviously, we mentioned the quarterback situation up in the air a little bit with Tennessee at the minute, but it's a similar story with um, Drake London. But the only difference is Traylon Burks, he had um, issues with settling in, then he had an injury as well. And the Titans are in a transition, but Burks's ADOT was over 11 his average depth of target, which is nice. His targets per route run was nearly a quarter of them. He was getting targeted on every route he ran, which is also very nice. So if his target share rises to around 25%, like Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, they're slightly higher than that, 26 years. But if it raises to that next season, he could be in that sort of area with them, but a hell of a lot cheaper in your drafts. 
Yeah, I, I think the exact same. Um, as you can see on my notes, I put, I think he's a great buy. Um, the one thing I will say is he's currently going as wide receiver 17, so he's almost being priced as such um, that he's already a, a great buy. So maybe he's not as good as I kind of thought he was. Mm. Um, but if you can get him for a late first right now, that that owner was probably doing that, and I kind of like that. If you can get him for two seconds, even better. Um, I personally, with this class still shaping up, I wouldn't pay a mid first for him, um, just because we haven't seen enough and we don't know what that QB situation is. But late first, early second, maybe two seconds instead of that first. I, I can't see a reason not to do that apart from potentially Willis starting the the entire season. Mm. Um, A guy that I was massively high on um, that we're going to transition over to is Jameson Williams. He didn't do a lot because he tore his ACL um, in the college football playoffs or towards the end of the college football season. I can't remember which one it was now. But that was impacting his... um, his return into, well, let's say return, his entry into the NFL. Uh, he was drafted highly in the top 10 by the Lions and then uh, missed a lot of the season. I think I saw a tweet earlier to say that he only, he, he never saw above 25% snaps in any, in any game. And I think he was active for about four games. So that's not a lot. But what I did want to mention was that he only had three touches all season. And all three touches went for over 40 yards. Um, we've seen what Amon Ross and Brown can do in that offense. I've mentioned this before. I'm worried about Amon Ross and Brown keeping up his current production level. I think they can still do well. But when Jameson Williams gets up to speed, I feel like Jameson Williams is going to be used a lot. And it's not just going to be a deep threat like people think. Um, so... I think right now, if you can buy him, because that's going under the radar, people have just seen he he's not really played this much, that much this year. He's not scored any points. So I don't think he's necessarily dipped in value too much. So he's, it's not because his value is dipped and therefore you need to buy it low. I think it's that it hasn't moved when it should have potentially had a bit more of a highlight on Um if you can buy him for again late second two second a uh, late first two seconds, that's the sort of price I'm willing to pay, especially with this rookie class coming in that doesn't look overly strong at wide receiver. From um, I'm again just basing off some of the tweets I'm going through in my rookie process at the moment. What do you think um, about Jameson Williams, Lewis? Do you think that he's a sneaky buy, or do you, are you out? Because that seems to be the polarizing situation with him. You're either in or you're out with him. I'm I'm really neither, to be honest, because okay. As soon as I say polarizing, you end up going in the middle. Of I, I, I literally am, and I have been the whole time because of the injury in the <laughs> um, national championship, yeah. weren't it? But with uh, Amonra St. Brown being such an alpha there, and they're not bothered about losing the pass catching tight end, they're happily with their blockers there because. Jameson Williams will get phased more and more into that offense and it will be the intermediate to deep sort of um, targets he will be getting. Amonra will be in the slot most of the time, I'd imagine, without a tight end there. And I really think both of them could be similar to like 
Jefferson and Phelan when they was both um, top 15 last year and for fantasy football. And I really think they could, maybe not next year, or maybe Jameson Williams comes to life the back end of next year. We don't know how long he's going to take to properly integrate into that offense. But if if I've got him, I'm holding him. You you won't be having him off me. You'll have to, (laughs) you'll have to really pay up, but I'm not even sure what you could send in way of picks for him at the moment. That would be accepted. Yeah, I I think unless you're sending me the 101 to the 103 or mm. 4 for him, I think the 104 is a debatable one right now because no one really knows who that running back is. Um, sneak peek into my film rankings right now as of this second. I've got Jamal Gibbs there. Um, but I think that 104 is a hotly debated um, topic right now because it feels like a, a clear cliff before the NFL draft clears a few things up. So, yeah, I think 104 is about his cutoff. If you sent me the 105 or anything else, I'd be more inclined to hold. Um, the last one on this list that I've mentioned so far is Christian Watson that I wanted to touch on. He, I think he's got this perception that he's boom bust because of him having a poor start to the season. He obviously dropped that first. Um, play of the the season for the Packers that would have been a walking touchdown for him if he had caught that ball. I think with the seven touchdowns in four games, um, that's where his boom bust persona comes from. That kind of I don't know how how to put it into words. People really really put that onto him. I think the thing that people forget is that he had three 100-yard games this season. One was in Week 18 when he didn't score a touchdown, and the other two were in that stretch of the uh, of the seven touchdowns in four games. So that being said, I think that people are hating on him a little bit too much, although I don't see him being a top 12 wide receiver in a season-long format. I think that he can easily be a wide receiver two in a season-long format with that upside each week of being a top uh, top 12 wide receiver. I think that's what people are forgetting is maybe they're overly harsh on him and people are kind of coming at Johan Dotson is the guy that's being drafted after him at the moment um, in this rookie list. Also scored seven touchdowns. But the difference is Johan Dotson only had one game over 100 yards. And yes, the QB situation was worse in um, in Washington. So Johan Dotson is also a sneaky guy that could improve. And I think both of them have similar upsides. I think that Christian Watson gets that boom bust potential because they because people see him on the deep routes that are classified as a boom bust, but he does a lot more than that if you watch the whole game. Lewis, either Christian Watson or uh, Jahan Dotson, do you have any comments there? Yeah, I think um, obviously the, the quarterback situation, like you mentioned, was better for Christian Watson. Dotson in Washington, there was also a lot more mouths to feed because they had, at the start of the season, there was two pass-catching running backs there with uh, Gibson and McKissick. They were sort of figuring out that you had Curtis Samuel, you had Terry McLaurin. Yeah, I think that Logan Thomas agree. never started the season, did he? But um, No, he didn't. You know, 
there was a lot more mouths there in Washington. And even though he was getting only a couple targets, similar to Watson as well to start with, he was converting them like he had like two for 42 for two touchdowns or something one week, something like that anyway. Yeah. And, um, but I think next year he really could step up and be the wide receiver too on his own team and potentially like not far behind McLaurin. Yeah, I think uh, I'm just double checking. I believe Curtis Samuel's um, contract is either up or they can get out of it. Get out cheap, I think. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah they can get out of it uh, for about six million, which is potentially what you can do. Well, what they should do because he's got a thirteen million dollar uh, cap hit. Do you really want to be paying about five percent of the cap for Curtis Samuel? I don't feel like they do, but no. you know what? Um, you know what Ron Rivera's like with. Uh, with Samuel but again Dotson one of the few things that kind of goes under the radar especially with the kind of recency bias in people's heads is that he had a five-week stretch where he didn't play he was injured during that five-week stretch so that kind of slips out of people's minds um, which again I I think that (laughs) needs to be picked on a little bit more Maybe some of these running uh, these wide receivers you can send offers out. Now let's move on to the rest. Um, so we've got Sky Moore currently being being drafted as the wide receiver nine. Wondell Robinson, wide receiver ten. Alec Pierce, Khalil um, Shakir. Then John Mechie is still going um, decently high. He could come back in 2023. 20, uh, we don't know at this point, but I think we've seen positive signs there. Romeo Dobbs um, currently going as the wide receiver 14 um, in rookies, obviously. Tyquan Thornton, um, David Bell, Kyle Phillips, Calvin Austin, Danny Gray, Justin Ross, who was on IR for the entire season. Um, Jalen Talbot and Velas Jones for the Bears going as the wide receiver 22 out of these rookies. So from Tyquan Thornton down to Velas Jones, um, I don't really have anything to say on those, but it was really the bottom or or the top end of that list that I wanted to touch on. So like John Mechie, for example, guy that I was massively high on. I don't know whether you liked him, Lewis, but I was massively high and unfortunately um, he did, I think he was um, diagnosed with leukemia or a form of leukemia. Um, It looks like we're potentially going to see him in 2023. Um, That treatment has been um, going in the right direction or successful, one of the two. Um, I don't have the reports in front of me. But if if that is the case and we do see him in 23, I kind of want to send a late third or maybe even a fourth and a bench player to get a, get Mechie because I, I know he's going to be attainable for people. And I think people paying the third last year aren't going to be too hung up about trying to keep him, um, especially as it comes to the draft and the new rookies of the hype. I think you can easily sneak that under the radar. Yeah, they'll they'll feel like you're doing them a favour, giving them a third round pick back, and yeah, you know it's like getting a a, a rookie anyway, isn't it? Because he hasn't played this season, and yeah. but it's all changed for the Texans as well. So he ain't learning anything new, really. It's just going to be like coming in 
as a rookie, if he if he is good to go, I hope he is because I was excited about him as well. Um, someone I was often targeting late in in rookie drafts, but it, it'll be interesting to see anyway. And they're obviously going to have an improved quarterback situation. They could take a wide receiver as well in the first, maybe. But yeah, it's um yeah, it's an interesting one and cheap anyway. It doesn't matter if it doesn't pan out. Exactly, that's what I what that's what I was going to say. So um, the other guy that I wanted to speak about from this list is Wondell Robinson Lewis. Now mm. he had a good stretch, um, and he got injured. I believe he tore his ACL and he was out for the rest of the season. So he, I think the people, I think people kind of get it into their heads that if they have one or two great weeks and become a wide receiver 12 that that is his upside for a season long format I think that's what um, needs to change with um, that type of thinking is that just because you have that upside each week doesn't mean it's going to happen over a season I think Wondell Robinson has wide wide receiver 2 potential but I don't ever foresee him being a top 12 wide receiver Um, the Giants we have no idea what they're going to do with quarterback. They're another team that have so many questions across the offense, but especially at quarterback. Uh, we don't really know what's going to happen there. So, Lewis, how do you feel about Wanda? Were you targeting him at the um, at the start of last season? No, not at all, to be honest with you. Um, it's a shame because he did have them couple of flashes. And like you say, he has got a bit of upside. It's one of them that I'm thinking like, damn, like I missed out there. But... It's another one you can go and get cheap, I reckon. Um, yeah. What What would you send for him? Say an early third? Think yeah. Get it done? Or do you, do you think you need more? Maybe, maybe a couple of thirds. But like yeah. anything out of sort of the mid-second range, because I'm a, quite an aggressive dynasty player. I like to win. And sometimes it, it don't work out that way. I like to win soon. and But... Anything past sort of a mid-second, I'm not too bothered about, really. And I I wouldn't mind paying a couple of thirds for uh, an upside sort of shot like that. Is there anyone else on this list you wanted to speak about before we quickly gloss over the tight ends? Because as we spoke about pre-show, I'm I'm not a huge fan of this tight end list. Now, so, I mean, Khalil Shakir is being used a bit more in the playoffs. He could take Isaiah McDropsy's role (laughs) uh, next year, maybe. I don't mind um, spending a late pick there. Alec Pierce, I, I, I like him, but I, I think it could be a bit of a bias because of him and Ritter in college. That sort of deep threat it was exciting. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And but if the Colts get a good quarterback in the draft, it could be nice still. Maybe Alec Pierce, but uh, yeah, that's about it, really, mate. I mean, I mean Paris Campbell um, is going in free agency. Yeah, I'm exactly. Yeah. Signing to an extension, which I very much doubt with his his uh, injury history over the years. So yeah, Alex Pierce beca- or Alec Pierce becomes the wide receiver two in the offense, provided they don't Again. bring anyone else in <laughs> or draft anyone. Um, so yeah, I think that he, he's got potential. Um, I believe he had a second round um, draft capital as well. So that is that is always kind of aspired to for um, for wide receivers because if you have top top three round draft capital, you tend to do. Um, or have a higher chance of the player 
hitting. So yeah, he was taken in the second round. Yeah, I think it was um, late second, wasn't it? But yeah, it was. E- late either way, yeah. Colts, but but yeah, he, that hit rate significantly increases in the second round. I'm not saying they all hit because that's what why it's called hit rate. Um, so Lewis, let's move on to the tight ends now. Everyone knows my stance on tight ends. Um, it's tight end premium I don't like, but when I look at this list, I also don't like these tight ends because I don't foresee much um, in the near future for them. So currently being drafted in uh, Dynasty Startups, you've got Trey McBride as the tight end one from this rookie class. You've got Greg Dulcich, tight end two, uh, Cade Otten, Daniel Bellinger, um, Jelani Woods, who was my tight end um, love, I suppose. I don't really know how to say that. Uh, the tight end that I like the most behind Trey uh, McBride. <laughs> and you've got, also got uh, Jake Ferguson to round out the list. Um, and that is tight end six out of these. So I suppose the guy that has jumped the most is Cade Otten. And that was necessarily down to Cam. Uh, Cameron Brait not really doing much. But none of these tight ends really did a whole lot. Jelani Woods had a game. Daniel Bellinger had a few. Uh, Greg Dorsich had that stretch. But uh, as I said to you pre-show, Lewis, I'm not excited by anyone. Um, I'm going to hand it over to you so you can speak about who you want and I'll dive right in. Naturally, you're, you're, unless it's sort of a Travis Kelsey or a um, Mark Andrews sort of thing, you're not interested in tight ends really. But I, I'm a tight end enthusiast. I like to look for the good in the rough, you know. And um, Jake Ferguson, I mean, I, I can't see the Cowboys re-signing Dalton Schultz and I really like him no. too, but I can't see that. Dak does use his tight end. Um, he's the one I'm most excited about out of this group going forward, actually out of the six of them because Ertz is going to be there next year, as we were talking about pre-show. So McBride will likely be dust again for another year or two. Um, as he was when Ertz weren't on the field, he was he was dust anyway. But yeah, Jake Ferguson, he was on the field in every game but one as a rookie as well. He didn't necessarily command the targets, but when he did get targeted, his hands were great. He caught 19 of 22 in the 16 games. A couple of touchdowns in there. He only ran 83 routes on nearly 500 snaps he played, but he was targeted on over a quarter of those routes he ran. So every time he was available, he was getting the ball one quarter at a time and over two yards per route ran as well, which is nice, especially for a tight end. Um, It is. The the only concern I have for Jay Ferguson, sorry to jump in there, um, is the amount of free agents. Yeah, do you, do you share that? Do you share that concern? Now, there's a few, but I can't see the Cowboys paying one. That's the only thing. Um, Jerry likes the razzmatazz and all that, doesn't he? And a tight end doesn't <laughs> yes. give you that. So unless you, he's going out and trading for Travis Kelsey, which won't happen, then I, I can't see him paying someone like Mike Gesicki or um, Evan Engram, maybe, or someone. But I can't see him doing that. But so when Schultz is out of the way this off season, I think it could even next year it could be a year two breakout. Thanksgiving, the the game against the Cowboys and uh, I'm sorry against the Giants where he he leaped over the D back on a long catch and run. He he's just he, he's got it and he, he's the one I'm excited about going forward. Yeah, I mean as a as a late round speculative 
take in a in a startup, then yeah, I, I completely get it. I wouldn't really trade anything for him. Uh, if you can get him thrown in, brilliant, but it's not something that I'm actively looking for. Uh, looking at free agents, you've got uh, Mike Gesicki, Dalton Schultz and Evan Engram, who were all paid over $9 uh, million last year. Obviously, the first two were um, franchise tagged. So those are probably those three are probably going to command that sort of value again. Mike Gesicki, probably not as much just because of the um, nature of last season. He didn't do very well, as, as we mentioned on last week's show. And then after that, you've got Austin Hooper, uh, Robert Tunyon, Hayden Hurst, and then a bunch of guys you don't want as your tight end one. Um, I'd be quite worried if you were. The only one I can kind of see on this list is Irv Smith, who is quite far down in terms of what he was paid last year because he was still on that rookie contract. Um, But if he's your tight end one, I'm not overly keen on that. So that being said, are they any better than... um, any better than Jake Ferguson? I'd say everyone that I've said is, apart from Irv Smith. I think Irv Smith, especially with the injury, we're still yeah. unsure on whether he's going to do anything. And all of these guys that I've mentioned are like the top top three out, but the rest of them, so Austin Hooper, Robert Tunyon, um, Hayden Hurst, they were all paid six million or less. And in fact, Austin Hooper was six million, Robert Tunyon, 3.7 and... Um, Hayden Hurst 3.5 so if you can get a guy like one of those two on a 3.5 3.7 4 million deal that's not a bad move to make and unfortunately it would push Jake Ferguson into that tight end too wrong um, but I do I do appreciate your optimism with the tight end um, I think that for free you may as well try and um, get that value increase See, see the thing with all three of them players that you mentioned, yeah, and we've seen it this season because Hooper and Tonyan were non-existent for the most part. They all rely yeah, on right. touchdowns. Hayden Hurst ain't putting up 100 yards a game, but he was snagging the ball in the end zone from uh, Joe yeah. Burrow most of the year, you know, because it was another option to Higgins, Boyd and Chase. And it, I mean, it, it was crazy how good their offense is. But so... Yeah. And like I said before, Jerry ain't going to want to pay a tight end. They might be cheap. I could see Tonyan returning to the Packers most likely because they know what they got there. Um, I don't know what you think. but And with, with the uh, others... See, even the Bengals could probably get Hayden Hurst in even cheaper than they had him this year and draft the rookie tight end for a bit of mentorship yeah. kind of thing. But, yeah, I, I, I do think I do see your point. Um, it just really depends on what Jerry uh, wants to do. As you said, Jerry is a very, very um, flamboyant yes. GM. He likes to do things by um, by the media rather than trying to just get things done. Um, I think the one that you slightly touched on there was Trey McBride. We mentioned pre-show that he's got still got two years left on his deal. Um, wanted to bring that into the show. Still got two years left on his deal, does Ertz, and he does have an out after this year, but it's not uh, a huge um, cost saving. So I think that you could potentially see Ertz for two years. Equally, I think it's a 50 50 chance you're only seeing for one. Um, and do we think Trey McBride takes that step? Potentially. Um, so. 
I, I think I'm 50-50 on when we're going to see Trey McBride. And if we do see Trey McBride, are we going to get what we expected? I don't think that any of these guys are going to be um, like TJ Hawkinson where they're going to spend a season outside of the top elites. From this class, we're basically looking at um, a bunch of top eights and below the, that that's their ceiling. Um Lewis, before we get out of here, um, you have a dynasty tip for us. So let's share that and then I'll share the brain teaser for the end. Yeah, see, I mean, like I said earlier, I play quite aggressively with dynasty and um, you don't always pan out. But the main thing is play how you enjoy it, you know, and be active in the leagues because that's, that's the main reason for me is why dynasty leagues dry up and people leave and they get nukes in the end and things like that is just enjoy yourself really and play the way you want to play if you want to send an extra pick or whatever whatever it doesn't matter what anyone else says send what you want and enjoy yourself really and that's uh my tip for it be active yeah i absolutely love that um so the Brain teaser I've got for you this week, and Lewis, I'll give you a guess, but I'm not going to tell you the answer. Um, so the, the brain teaser is which rookie that is drafted in both May 2022 startup ADP and January 2023 startup ADP rose the most. Um, so that is 2022 rookie, obviously. Um, and we have said his name on this show. So um, that gives you some sort of a clue and um, so i'll repeat that again so which rookie rose the most and that rookie was drafted in both 2022 adp in may um and 2023 um adp uh, in january so mm-hmm. lewis do you have any guesses uh, again i'm not going to tell you an answer i am gonna go with bailey zappy Interesting. Because it's he, one of the guys I thought people would go for. He is, so that means it's wrong. <laughs> I didn't say it was wrong. He, he he seems to be getting drafted really high, and it's just Mac Jones 2.0, really. He does. Um, I completely agree with you, but I'm not going to tell you the answer. So um, before we get out of here, guys, one thing from me and the rest of the Five Yard family is Murph is not only uh, has not only posted the FFCC 2023 information, so go over to his um, account at um, Murph underscore NFL, I believe it is, um, on Twitter. So that's all the FFC, uh, FFCC 2023 information. There's some new stuff, the uh, new charity is all up on there. So go have a look. And the Super Bowl preview show that Murph has done um, is out this week. It will be out by the time this show is out um, on your podcast waves. So if you haven't listened, go over and listen to it. I think it's about five hours long. He's got um, some cracking guests. He's got the Fast Action Friday guys, Lewis included. Um, It's got some, um, I believe, a Super Bowl winning quarterback and some of the uh, and one of the Sky Sports team for the UK. So make sure you listen to it. There is plenty of stuff going on on that. As I said, five hours longer. There's going to be some snippets coming out later this um, later this week as well. So 
that's it, everyone. Thank you for listening. Thanks, Lewis, for joining. And until next week, um, as Lewis said, be active and have fun in your leagues. See you later. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 